All right, in this episode, we're going to be discussing、um, ritual and liturgy and maybe the role that that has in faith and in open source. Okay. I still don't really know what liturgy is, so we should talk about what that is first. So I think we've tried about it before, but I, I think one way of thinking about it are well, it, it's used in a religious context.、Uh, and so it's like practices or habits or things that. Uh, you engage in as a group of people、um, that,、uh, I, know, I guess they could see like bringing you closer to God or something like that. But you can apply it more generally to be more just things that you do as a community that、uh, bring you towards like the goals or visions that you have of that group. So, what's the difference between liturgy and、uh, rituals? No, I, I think they're basically synonymous.、Okay. Liturgy is a cooler word. Yeah,、um, I think, you know, one maybe a distinction might be that not that it has to be as a community, but, you know, you can have your own individual rituals and liturgies. But I think there's something to be said about doing it together in a group. So I'd say like worship、um, or communally worshiping has its own like benefits. And so I guess the first thing we can talk about is like why we do these things in the first place.、Um, yeah. Oh, I was, yeah, I had a thought on that. Dive into something else.、Um, so, I went to this like dinner conversation thing with this game developer yesterday、um, who was talking about religion as, and sort of like religious. I don't know, we just got into like a big long conversation about religion because I guess the game he made is related to religion. And one of the interesting things we were talking about、um, as it relates to both religion and like the research creative process, because、um, it was a group of research people, was this feeling that like For some people in religion, they are seeking、um, an answer. So you had this like image of like a labyrinth, and like you're kind of going around this labyrinth, and eventually you get to the middle and you've like found the answer. He said, for other people, what's really、um, exciting about religion is that you get you go through this labyrinth, and inside the middle labyrinth is another labyrinth, is another labyrinth, or whatever. So it like goes on into infinity.、Um, that you mean that like, yeah, for some people, they're like very intrigued by religion as a. Thing that can never be fully understood. And that's like, I guess, codified to some philosophy he was talking about of、um, people who like only can only define God by what it is not and not what God is.、Um, the idea just being that you can kind of like, if you can ever really define God, then you've like confined God into reality.、Um, but you are always kind of like seeking this like infinite, ineffable thing. Um, which really resonated with me, both in terms of like spirituality, but also、um, in terms of like my day to day work. So, anyway, I was thinking about that in relation to well, then, like, given that you're on this like very long, uncertain process and you like never know what the answer is going to be, and there's no endpoint, and that's kind of the point of religion is that you're not supposed to ever be able to find an endpoint, at least in the way that I like to think about it.、Um, I was thinking about the role of liturgy and rituals and habits. Um, as a, and the act of doing that collectively with other people as a way to sort of like ground yourself in reality or find, find something concrete in a world that is inherently not at all concrete. Does that make sense? Or am I like totally stretching the logic here?、Um, no, not, not at all. Like, this process that is like ongoing forever and ever and like it may never end. So, like, the one way to like bring yourself back into the moment is to like, Have habits that you're doing, and then like doing those habits with other people is also like an extra way of grounding yourself in this sense of like 
you're you're in it with someone else. You're like walking through the labyrinth with someone else besides yourself. Yeah, I totally resonate with the like. It's kind of like making what you believe or like you're making that concrete. You're like doing something bodily instead of because you know like research or thinking about God. It's mostly intellectual, but like having a habit, it turns it into something that involves your body and with other people. I was thinking even in like, like it made me think about is open source, a pro- <laughs> the act of like maintaining an open source project or participating in community. Like there's no, there is no end point to it. And I feel like open source gets caught in this metaphor between like, is it like a job or is it like a hobby? Um, and I know that like, it can be useful sometimes to frame it as a job to show that like, you know, you're, you're doing all this work, but unlike a job, there's no, you're not getting paid and there's no like end point or whatever. Um, but I think like a hobby, you're not really thinking about like, am I doing this for the next, you know, two to three years or something? I think, I feel like people kind of like think that a little bit about their jobs of like, how long am I going to be here? And whether that time frame is long or short, you kind of have a sense of it, but I don't think people often think that about, um, an open source project. You're just kind of like doing it because it's what you do. Um, and maybe like religion being the same, like you're not like, you know, how long am I going to be a Christian for? It's just kind of like, well, I'm in it, doing it. Um, and so, yeah, like that, I think maintaining open source can be like this sort of like, not even just maintaining, but participating in open source community can be sort of like this thing that goes on forever until maybe there's a moment where you're suddenly disillusioned or you just want to kind of like move on and do something else. Um, but you don't really know when that moment is coming. Yeah, I think that's a good observation. I guess maybe that goes back to that episode we had about commitment. It's like when you're doing open source, you're not thinking like, oh, I'm only going to commit or work on this for like a few weeks or months. It's like, I, I'm not really sure about what that future looks like. I'm just right now I'm going to work on this. And even for what I'm doing now, it's like, you know, like, yeah, it may be it's a lifetime, maybe it's a few years, you don't know. And especially in faith, yeah, you're not going into it trying to think like, I'm going to Unless you're starting off, you're like, oh, I'm going to try this thing. Once you've committed, you're like, okay, this is something for life. And I really like like what you said about like, like how the pursuit of it can be like mysterious and infinite. Um, and yeah, it is interesting. I've heard that before of like people trying to define God by what he isn't um, or religion and stuff like that. Like it's more of mystery. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it is interesting to think of it in that way. I guess as a Christian, a lot of it is that we, we can't really know God fully, uh, but he, we can know him truly. And so we do have um, what we need to know about him, but it's kind of like uh, our whole lives are, can be devoted to learning more and more, like to get like deeper and deeper into who he is and who we are. So what are like habits or when you think about liturgy and open source or in your faith, like what are examples of things that you would do? Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I guess we could just start with even like, I would say like habits in, of themselves are just, they're everywhere. Right. So um, it doesn't even have to be an open source or faith, but like, you know, if you're trying to, you have a goal of becoming better at something, you know, maybe it's sports. So then you practice uh, playing a certain like soccer or something, or if you're trying to do music or art, you're practicing drawing or playing an instrument. And I think people recognize that it takes practice, it takes habit, 
it takes a certain level of commitment and it doesn't seem that it should be any different in spirituality or in open source. Um, it's interesting because especially in, I guess, seems like North American Christianity, there's like a, almost like a allergic reaction to this idea of ritual um, where the problem with habit is that we tend to think of it as this, a form of like obedience, which we don't really like and submission. And this idea of repeating things seems very vain and like dead and lifeless because, you know, you're not like, maybe you're not really into it or maybe you feel like you're earning something and it's insincere. And so I guess it's interesting to kind of push back on that and be like, well, it's an opportunity for you to be involved with people and that act itself kind of changes and shapes what you like, who you are and what you think. Um, is there a way to be with people without a sense of ritual or habit? Hmm. I guess I would say that it's implicit or maybe you don't think about it, but I think the things that we do turn into traditions. Like maybe I think, um, uh, especially with like kids, once you do something two times, they want it, they want, it turns into its own tradition. Um, and, and I don't think it's any different with, um, yeah, what we do now. So yeah, an example of something in religion. So in Christianity, um, you know, a, a common thing that happens, at least in a worship service, is uh, we, we call it a call to confession. And so, you know, during a service, um, whoever's up there will ask the whole congregation, all the people there, to kind of confess their sins to, to God. And then after that, there's also this thing called the assurance of pardon. And so it's an opportunity for everyone there to kind of think about what's been going on that week or things that they've done that they shouldn't do or things they haven't done that they should do and just reflect upon that. Um, because it's like kind of throughout the week, maybe you just don't have the opportunity to do that or you're just so busy you can't. Um, and I think it's it's like a space. It's a time uh, where everyone can like basically act the same. We're like, we're not saying like we're better than anyone. Um, and then after that, of course, is, you know, simply just saying that I did all this bad stuff, you know, maybe you feel guilty. Um, you know, after that is the assurance of pardon that God forgives, um, what you've done. And I think after that, it's, it's a sense that, you know, forgiveness is possible. Um, and doing that every week or in a, you know, that kind of sense is, is important to your spiritual health. So I don't know how to phrase this, um, think about it, but at what point do, can rituals become almost like counterproductive in the sense of like, as someone who's not a practicing Christian, um, I think I've felt sort of skeptical of the idea of a regular confession practice because it seems like I should, because I, I worry that it could become an excuse to just do things and then ask for forgiveness. Yep. And so I guess I'm just thinking more generally beyond that of um, what happens when habits start out as a sort of like comforting thing that you do to ground yourself or make, you know, the undefinable feel real. Uh, but at some point become counterproductive in some shape or form. And even like open source, I was thinking about like, 
and I know like some maintainers are like stressed out about the maybe like community or governance aspects or something contentious and they'll kind of like just merge small pull requests to feel better about themselves, which is like a nice thing to do, or I guess even beyond faith or open source, um, you know, you, you don't feel like doing your big work projects. So instead you like do your email or something like that. Um, maybe I'm stretching the metaphor a little bit far here, but uh, yeah, I guess like sometimes habit, the feeling of a habit or being a ritual can feel comforting, but then um, at what point does it feel like maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you're, it does, it does start to feel like dead or fake or something like that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and then even what you said, I literally did that. And I think my first talk, I said that I did that, um, where I was so scared of like doing like what I should be doing that I decided instead I'll just do the easy things just so I could like feel like I'm doing something. I guess it kind of feels like a, like a throwing out the baby with the bathwater kind of thing where like we, we understand, I think most of us understand that habits can lead to like the sense of just doing it, going through the motions kind of thing and that that is bad and it feels insincere, but I don't think it should make us turn away from in like engaging in habits just because it can turn badly. It's like we should learn how to um, embrace them in a way that helps us. And I think maybe it's discovering that whether or not we believe that we are engaging in habits anyway. And so it makes more, it makes sense to me that we should intentionally uh, be aware of the habits that we have and then create or um, engage in habits that shape us in in ways that we want to be or the people that we want to become. Um, and maybe, oh, sorry. I guess my question is more like in terms of like heuristics, like how would you know when a habit that maybe started out great is not actually beneficial? Mm. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that takes... Um, I guess it simply just takes reflection and looking back on like why you why you're doing this habit in the first place um, and maybe doing it in community will help because people can keep you accountable They're like hey I noticed that or I, you know sometimes it's maybe it's obvious to other people that you're just going uh, because just because um, I think another part of it is that we we have this sense that about uh, habits are purely about obedience and kind of this thing that we do from the bottom up that it has to come out of us uh, and that means that is a sense of like effort and duty and I think especially in the faith context that we should think about you know our worship and our liturgy in in a top-down kind of thing and so what we can say there is that like um God is giving us these practices so that we are shaped into his image. In a similar way, for any habit, we we have to believe that those things actually, um, if they're forming us and shaping us, then it's not just expressive where we're like the primary actor, but we're being acted upon, we're being um, shaped and formed. And so if we think otherwise, it, it is a form of like, what am I doing and having to feel like, um, you know, like it's almost like a sense of control in that way. And I think learning to kind of let go and being okay with 
um, you know, if the outcome doesn't isn't what you thought of, that you continue to stay committed to that. Because, um, like, I guess I'm saying that the the habit itself helps you believe what you want to believe, like the act of doing it. If that makes sense. Mm, say more. Yeah. So instead of like believing our way to becoming good people and uh, just thinking through it or thinking like we do habits because they um, doing them helps us to do something. And I guess it's just an admission that you can't think your way to being a good person or think your way to accomplishing these things. You have to do them. And so um, I think the act of going through that habit will make you like want to do it more. So like in open source, you know, we have this initial motivation to contribute for some reason, but the only way that's sustained is if you're continuing to do it. And so I think through the practice of doing open source, I learned to love it more. Um, If it was just me thinking about it, I don't, or maybe there's something different about just like if you told someone about doing open source versus them actually engaging in it or telling people about Christianity, but then them not actually being there in that worship service. Okay. Yeah. I think I, so from everything that you've just said, I think I have a similar takeaway, but a slightly different way of phrasing it, um, <clears throat> which is that, yeah, habits can't, or rituals, or just even like culture, like it's not something you can really think your way into. So it's not bottom up in, in the sense, bottom up meaning like it originates in my individual desire and then I like decide to do it. Um, but I also don't think it's necessarily top down. And I think this is maybe just a difference in like spiritual beliefs or philosophies. Um, where I don't, I guess I just don't really believe there is a top down, but more that like, if God is something that is within everyone, then it's more of like a truth that is held self-evident. Um, and yeah, like God or like a higher authority or whatever, um, is something that we've all sort of like collectively created through our actions. Like it's, almost it's almost like an efficient market or something where like like yeah like a market-based god it's a heretical odd statement to make but um yeah just the the idea that like we've all sort of like collectively created it maybe like software is a better example of this of like the yeah the code base is the uh collection of all the different contributions but it's not that like the maintainer decided to make it and it's also not that one contributor decided to make it um, I think I think the distinction is important for me because my fear with a top any sort of top down is that um, like a bottom up individual can leverage the idea of top down to say, well, I'm the ultimate authority here, which I think we've talked about in the authority episode. Um, and so I want it to be sort of this like, I guess more like decentralized, self evident behavior where no one can say I am the one. Like we do this habit because God said so, but really it's <clears throat> that I personally kind of said so. And I'm just like picking and choosing, but if enough people like buy into the concept and if enough people are doing the thing because they all find it valuable and it all brings them together, then like, that's really the answer is like, do enough people want to do it besides yourself and besides any other one individual? Yeah. I mean, I can see top down that way, 
not that it means that literally it's top down, but just that it's it's not just you, right? It's what you said, like it's shared between multiple people. Yeah, like by definition. Yeah, and so I think about it in open source, it's kind of just asking the question, like, what are we engaging in? What, like, what behaviors and what does that, um, what kind of people are we inviting in and like, what kind of people are we turning into based on what habits that we have? I don't know. If, I haven't really thought that much about that, like, in, in terms of open source, other than just things that I've seen in terms of how we, like, use GitHub and stuff like that. And that would be more, like, you know, how we have to, you know, we use GitHub for notifications and Twitter for communication and, like, how that changes um, how we interact with people. Is that a form of liturgy? Like, the norms around communication? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, not that maybe it seems like I'm looking too into it, but it's kind of like the phrase, the medium is the message. Um, and what that's saying is that it's not just the actual message itself that you're communicating, but the way that you're doing it, the environment that you're doing it in shapes the community. It shapes what you do. And in terms of like notifications and Twitter, it's, um, you know, it's asynchronous, it's instantaneous. Um, you're always online and it's like those kinds of qualities, what does that lead to? And I think when we talk about like expectations, it leads to like people expecting maintainers to respond immediately or, or that you're always there uh, available to talk to people. And it's like, is that something that we want to encourage? And there's, there's no idea of, there's no practice that we have that encourages the opposite, which is like rest. Uh, and this is maybe, this is why it's so, why people feel so guilty about taking breaks. And it's like, maybe we should make that a, a quote unquote ritual. Like, what does that mean to like be like, so that people will feel like it's normal to not be there. Okay. To the point of our, the conversation we just had, um, how would you start a new shared habit? And then kind of like, more importantly, how do you how do you know that the habit that you personally want is a good habit? If I guess like my takeaway from the conversation we just had was that habits don't start from the bottom up. Wherever else they start is fine, but they don't start from like within you can't just like decide to do a thing. It kinda is like a thing people are either doing or not doing. Um and so if people are just not doing a habit of rest, then how like how would you start that and how would you also know that just to play kind of obnoxious devil's advocate, like how would you even know that's a good habit? Since we're talking about rest, I don't think it's uh, that hard to argue for that, right? Um, it's not that different from our work, work culture in the Western world, right? It's like all about, and I think that's more just like, I realized that we've absorbed certain practices from that and it's kind of in open source as well. And so when I think about like, well, like in the church, it's like if you go and you're not like you're not like feeling it that day, but you go anyway and they're asking you to pray and you're not. I mean, you can just be silent, but then you realize the church is praying for you. They're singing for you. They're worshiping for you. And it's when you're there, you realize that, you know, I can just be here and listen and be a part of this community. 
Um, and that's like, in that sense, that's also taking a break too, that it's okay if you're not feeling it that day. And so in open source, well, maybe you're sick or, you know, you, you, you want to go on vacation and all that, but then you feel like this pressure. Um, I don't know what it means to like literally just, I don't think you can just say like, Hey, we're going to suddenly start doing this. And maybe it is like a, um, it, it's like something you decide to do individually and it turns into like, Oh, like I noticed that people are doing this. Maybe we should turn this into a quote unquote habit, but I, I don't know if it has to necessarily be like, Oh, this is like a rule now. Um, cause that, it, maybe it just it could it can be natural too. What's the relationship between habits and values? Because I was thinking like, well, the val- most like most communities I hope would value like rest or like you know don't overexert yourself. Um, and so maybe it's like habits are derived from values, but then mm-hmm. I don't know where are values derived from. Yeah, so I would even say that like a liturgy or habit is it's a practice that like helps you embody the value that you believe in. So, or it turns you into the person that you want to be or what you desire. Um, And so I think the habits themselves are the way that those values play out in in our lives. Yeah. It's like the execution arm. (laughs) Yeah. And so in, in terms of like religion, it's like we have our faith, um, and then the way we express that faith is through like what we do in our works. Um, and so that relationship is weird because, you know, we, we need both and same with like our habits and knowledge. Like we need to know things, but we have to act it out to actually show that that's what we believe. Uh, but it's really easy for either you to kind of only get into this um, knowledge mode where everything is head knowledge, which is necessary, but then also you, you don't live it out or all you do is just do it. And then you don't even realize why you're doing it in the first place. So I think it's kind of this, um, merging of the two. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you an example in, in faith. And so one of the, I guess, rituals that Christians practice is called communion. Um, people think of it, another word for it is the Lord's supper. And in that practice, uh, the congregation comes together, you know, it could be weekly or even maybe, um, monthly or once a year, depending on how they do it. Um, and you come together and you share the bread and the wine. And so you literally, um, and, and I think some people, what they do is they take one loaf of bread and then they break it off and they give it to everyone. And it's supposed to represent uh, Jesus's body and his blood. Um, and so all like, it's just like, you know, this ordinary piece of bread or this ordinary, like people are eating together. But all those things kind of point back to remembering of what he did. And so even the idea of splitting a loaf of bread is interesting because that is instilling a sense of like unity and community where we're not just doing this as one people, but we're taking from the one piece of bread. And so when we call the church like a body of Christ, we're doing it as one body. Um, And I think that's good because that kind of, pushes the, against the values of individualism in our society, where we, we want to stay as individuals, but we're also connected together. Um, and, you know, it's, and then also because it's a habit, it's what a, the whole point of a habit is like to, to like bring us closer to our values. And especially in communion, it's like, Hey, 
Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, then we're supposed to use that to reflect back on what Christ's sacrifice was. And so it's not just like something that we do, but that thing should remind us of the uh, the historical or previous things that happened. Um, and it's like a way of tie- tying your head knowledge with like something that you actually do in your body. Um, and then you can start questioning yourself. You're like, you know, are we actually united as one body as we do this practice? Uh, do I actually believe what this is saying? Um, so it's not just uh, doing it. Sort of strikes me that the role of a lot of rituals is to specifically kind of get out of your individual brain and give yourself over to like a group or just a collective mindset. Um, and I guess I hadn't thought of the, the ritual of communion as like really being almost like a literal form of that um, where you're like giving your body over. I kind of like it. I, I like the idea that like we have, I mean, I just, I feel like collective thinking can get a bad rap, but I think mm-hmm. there is value in doing it in this sort of like ritualistic intentional way to say, I mean, I was thinking even just in like, like other religions where there might not be as defined of an authority or something like that, but there's still this idea of like, you're giving yourself over to oneness or to something greater than yourself or whatever. And I feel like that's often the role of religion is to just kind of get you out of your head in general um, and feel connected to something bigger than yourself. Um, And yeah, I think like we have to balance both like an individual and a collective mindset, but a collective mindset is how we actually get things done in the world by learning how to like coordinate and work together. Um, And so there is something valuable to remembering that it's not just all about you and it is about like what you're doing with other people. Yeah. I think it's throughout the week in everything that we do, I think most of the rituals in society and like, the habits that we have enforce this idea of that we are the most important person, that it's about us. And I think it's, that's why it's so important for us to have those habits. Cause like, if I didn't have those, everything is telling me that it is about me though. Even this, like, like otherwise that religion is basically consumerism and that is just marketing, right? Like everything is trying to sell me something that's telling me that, you know, if I buy this, my life will be better or that X, Y, Z, like about my life will be better. Um, and in that sense, it's interesting to think of like all these things as quote unquote liturgies and that things that we think are like kind of neutral, like it's just like a product or something. But the whole point of marketing is to get you to feel this thing that like, you know, this is important to your flourishing or your thriving in the world. And in that sense, it's kind of religious in that way. It's pointing to you to something bigger. And it just happens to be it's through like paying for this thing. Yeah, I don't think one is necessarily good or bad. I, I mean, at the extremes, both sides kind of suck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the role of an individual is, <clears throat> as an agent is to sort of like help push the group into a certain direction. And I think like that's a really important role to have. Um, like a sense of agency is really important because if you're, if you completely give yourself over to collective mindset, then you have no sense of agency and that's not great. And then if you're, but if you give yourself over completely to the idea of individual, individual agency, um, like it's, it's actually just really lonely. Like, I don't even think there's like, I just think inherently most people would agree that feeling super, super on your own with like 
not tethered to anything whatsoever is like a pretty lonely, depressing state to be in. So, um, yeah, like when I think about the role of giving yourself over to a group mindset, I think it's also almost even just like a comforting thing of like, you're not alone. Um, yeah, like the comfort part. And then also just kind of like the, um, coordination efficiency kind of part of like we do, we, when people work together, like more things happen. Yeah, I think it's like freedom, not because you're alone, but freedom because you're in that group and you're free within that group to make those decisions that you need to do. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can find us on Twitter at LeftPad or Nyafia or on our website, hopeandsource.com.